We the ones. We the ones they talking about. Broadway Sports Media. Choose your fighter. Justin and Justin Titans podcast show. I'm not a cocky person. I'm just passionate. Final round. Uh, yeah, I'm looking for a new podcast partner immediately. Quarantine and chill. We all we got. Hey, Titans on three. One, two, three. Welcome back, everyone. Surprise, surprise. We're here with a bonus episode, two in one Friday for you guys. And on this one, we got Jim Wyatt to dish on the Titans training camp, his expectations, what's going on with the media coverage, his thoughts on the Titans offseason, how they did with their uh, re-signing their biggest names and guys that they brought in like Vic Beasley, sort of his expectations for for how this season could unfold. And uh, we also dove into the, the process of the mailbag, the famous mailbag for TennesseeTitans.com. So, Justin, thoughts on this episode before we let him hear it? Yeah, I thought this was a terrific episode, a terrific conversation um, w- with Jim, uh, really one of the, if not the best uh, media personality um, you know, in the state of Tennessee for the last you know 20 plus years. So I thought Jim was very honest. Um, and, and open-minded to, to having the discussions that we had. So looking forward to, to getting the feedback on this one. Yeah, so without further ado, let us now bring in Titans senior writer at TennesseeTitans.com, formerly TitansOnline.com, Jim Wyatt, who's been covering the team since 1999. He's been started at the Tennessean in 1990. You can follow him at Sports. Let's get into these questions, baby, because Jim Wyatt had a lot to say. This is Jim Wyatt, and you're listening to Broadway Sports Media. Yeah, yeah. one of the things, Jim, that uh, I'm really curious about, uh, is this the strangest offseason in your 20-plus years covering the Titans? No doubt about it. I mean, it's crazy that crane camp is starting, and uh, and really, it's not starting. I mean, players are reporting and they're really getting there for testing. There's going to be a lot of conditioning. We won't see them on the field doing uh, any kind of drills for a couple of weeks from now. And I get asked a lot about position battles and ask about a lot about you know players that, that could make the team, could be surprises. And reality is I haven't seen any of them uh, the entire offseason in OTAs and many camps. Uh, I haven't seen them do anything on the field because they haven't been allowed in the building. So, and right now, as we sit here, you know, on the day quarterbacks and rookies and injured players report, the reality is some of those guys are not even going to make it till the start because of potential, what sounds like roster cuts uh, to 80 players. So uh, it's been crazy. I mean, everything's been done via Zoom or over the phone. Uh, just not able to have access like previous seasons, and um, and still at a point where I think you got to keep your fingers crossed that there's going to be a season. I'm optimistic, but what it's going to look like, whether people will be able to watch the games, um, if you're able to have avoid a bunch of complications before then, we we still have a lot that remains to be seen for uh, late July. Yeah, yeah. It's, I think it's going to be a really tough offseason, especially for those bottom of the roster guys, as you mentioned, the 80 cut, cutting, possibly cutting to 80 if that gets agreed upon, and then no preseason games. What, what all do you think are the biggest changes and how just how different this year's training camp will be in terms of the schedule? Like they're not going to have padded practices until 20 days in, and I don't think they're not staying at, the, at a team hotel, are they? So what are the biggest changes like that? 
Yeah, I think that you know the, the not knowing at this point whether you're going to be able to be allowed to have eleven on eleven practice, which is really when you can can evaluate players, and uh, this there will be a slow start up. I mean, I'm expecting to see a couple of weeks of conditioning, and uh, you know before you're easing guys in. Um, you're right uh, about the players staying at the hotel. I mean, some of the veterans will be relieved at that. They can go home and sleep in their own beds, but some players are going to have to. I mean, some of these rookies and undrafted free agents because uh, they're not going to have anywhere else to go. I mean, you can't expect those guys to, to buy a place, so they have to work around some of that. Um, you know, I won't be in a locker room. I mean, I, I can tell you that, and nobody covering the team will be in a locker room this uh you know, this entire season. And space inside the building is going to be tough to come by. I mean, how you how you uh, set up the lockers, how you handle weightlifting, use of the hot tub and cold tub, how you handle meetings, you know, staggering times when guys are together. Uh, you know, it's it's, it's going to really be interesting. And, uh, you know, I, I still, you know, can't help but wonder – what a huddle might look like this season uh, as you try to avoid having players gather. Uh, you know, if, if the league says you can't gather for uh, jersey swaps in the game, I mean, you're going to have to try to be unique in other ways to avoid having players in close proximity, which is impossible to do on a football field when you're competing. So, um, so many unknowns here, and, um, and that's across the board. Yeah, I want to get into, um, you know, some of the – you mentioned uh, some of the position battles uh, in camp, You obviously not knowing um, what they're going to look like. And, of course, that's understood. Um, at this point, you haven't seen anyone, as you said. Uh, I think one of the more interesting battles, so to speak, and I don't want to talk about it from a, um, from a who may win out perspective because, as you said, we haven't seen anything. But uh, the right tackle position, to me, is a big one, obviously, with Dennis Kelly – uh, being back in the fold on a brand new contract, uh, and Isaiah Wilson, who obviously the, you know the team used their first round pick on. You got experience versus a rookie here, and how do you think the pandemic um, possibly impacts Wilson's chances of being a day one starter? Well, I think it hurt it you know tremendously because he didn't have the OTAs and the mini camp and offseason program to get his body right and and really to to be able to do some of the things he wouldn't have been able to do in a normal offseason. You know, with that said, you know. I think Kelly is going to end up being a starter no matter what. I still feel that way. I think Wilson's the future. And the question is just how far into the future his time comes. Because I think Dennis Kelly has stepped in and played well when given an opportunity over the last several years. I expect him to be the starter in week one against Denver. I'll be surprised if that's not the case. And I, I probably an injury is the only thing that keeps that from happening. All this that was being said without laying eyes on Isaiah Wilson. So I, I don't mean to sell him short. Uh, you know, when camp starts and he's maybe moving guys around and showing uh, some great ability that I haven't seen, then maybe my mind changes. But I still think it's an uphill battle for him, and uh, I give the edge to Kelly. Yeah, and a similar a similar question at at the corner position, specifically the nickel. Um, I, I think there's a good chance that, again, you see experience um, versus a rookie for that battle. With, with that being Christian Fulton, 
um, coming in as the rookie, and I think potentially Jonathan Joseph signing as a veteran. Now, I think the implications here may be a little bit different, being that they're both new to the team, whereas Kelly obviously has been in the fold um, for a number of years. But well, Joseph, Joseph, again, yeah, he got yeah, <laughs> comes plays in that deep. Well, yeah, with that said, Joseph's played in this defense before, right, in Houston with uh, when Mike Vrabel was the defensive coordinator. So how do you sort of see that battle shaping up? Yeah, and, and I think they're going to rotate a lot of guys in addition to those two. Obviously, you've got Malcolm Butler and Dory Jackson, and depending on what they want to do with the Dory, if they want to maybe try him and let him play inside, that maybe frees up an outside spot for for somebody else to start and log significant time. And those are the things that I, I think I'm looking forward to seeing the most in camp is just what the rotation looks like and maybe who emerges. I think, um, you know, I do think the team – you know, despite the loss of Logan Ryan, is still in good shape at that position. You know, I was just talking to a buddy of mine in, in Houston just about Joseph, and you know, he's a solid player coming in here. Yeah, he's played a long time in the league. Maybe he's not the player he was at the start, but I think he gives you a solid option. And then the question is just how quickly Kristen Fulton can get up to speed. I'm, I'm anxious to see him play. Um, but you know, who wins the the inside slot position is going to really determine what the secondary looks like in 2020 and and just the division of snaps and, and play time. And, and with corner especially, you know, you need guys, right? Obviously, you need to rotate. And I think there's potential for that rotation to go a little deeper than maybe some people are, are, are realized at this point. We had Kareem Orr on this podcast, Jim. Uh, we haven't released that episode yet, but that will be coming out in the near future. I, you know, he's a guy I think the team is excited about as he enters year two, played a lot of snaps in the slot uh, during the preseason last year and made some big plays there. You know, guys like Ty Smith, who have created turnovers for this team. I think there's, you know, potential for this group uh, to have a really nice rotation that extends beyond the obvious four. Yeah, I really like Ty Smith. I mean, I think I think he is a you know, solid depth for you. Uh, I think Monty Booker role, just how many snaps he's able to play and, and, and what packages he comes in the game is obviously going to impact some other players too. So, um, you know, I, I remember looking back at last year's camp and, you know, you had your big three and Logan Ryan and Malcolm Butler and Dory Jackson. Then you had LaShawn Sims and Ty Smith. And I think that was a, a, a good five. Some injuries kind of change, caused some things to change and had some other guys into the equation late. But as I look at the team and the depth at that position at the start, I still think it's it's just a solid. Just some of the faces are new. And, uh, and you're, you're, but you are going to be counting on some guys to step in and play well having not you know put a snap on the field yet in any kind of off-season program which which is is tough yeah and you touched on there some new faces some departures uh the midday 180 actually had an interesting discussion the other day grading that this titans off-season and they were comparing you know getting deals done with ryan Tannehill and derrick henry as those being the big moves compared to like in past seasons bringing in a guy like malcolm butler or roger saffold or you know, obviously they signed Vic Beasley, but they didn't. They were kind of quieter in the free agent market. This could change in the next few days if Clowney signs. But just curious about your thoughts on how the Titans' offseason went and what kind of grade you might assign them. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I think it was solid. I mean, I, I think you, you can't ignore the fact when you re-sign some of your own guys that they are, yes, they're, they're free agent acquisitions as well. I mean, not just Tannehill and, and Derrick Henry, but, you know, you get kind of like Correa back in the fold and uh, you're able to re-sign a lot of, uh, you know, players who filled specific roles on this team. I think the Beasley addition is going to be big. Uh, I, I, I think you know, the GM, the head coach, feel like he, they can get even more out of him than what he was able to do last year uh, in Atlanta. Uh, you know, obviously, you're dealing with some key departures as well. You know, Logan Ryan, Terrell Casey, you know, Delaney Walker, obviously, this didn't have the same impact the last couple of years he did previously. But, you know, guys like him and Wesley Woodger, those are key guys that other people have to step in and replace. But um, I think as a whole, um, I, th I think it was a solid offseason. I, I think the most important thing was to get your two big two back under contract long term, and that's what the team did. And uh, so much is going to hinge on this draft class like last year. If you can get this draft class to make contributions like you got last year out of A.J. Brown and Jeffrey Simmons and, and Nate Davis and, and David Long and Hooker, I mean, I, I think you're setting yourself up for the future. Yeah, and, and I kind of briefly mentioned Clowney there. Speaking of Clowney, just curious about your opinion here. Do you think they need to land Clowney in order for this fan base to feel that they're closer to a Super Bowl now than they were a year ago? I mean, this team obviously went to the AFC Championship game, but like you mentioned, they lost some, some pieces, especially on defense, some veteran leadership. The fan base has been very excited about the possibility of Clowney. What do you think that would do to, to expectations for this team? Well, I do think it would, would cause it to tick up a notch. Uh, you know, I, I have gotten a sense in recent weeks that people, some people are, are tired of the clowny talk. And so, so yeah, that too. <laughs> tired of hearing his name. Let's just move on. And, and reality is, I think the team can win uh, with or without Clowney. I, I do think the pass rush is going to be better whether he signs or not, because I think, you know, Beasley's going to, to be an upgrade over, you know, Cameron Wake, who really his impact just wasn't a lot after that season opener, uh, and his snaps were so limited. So if you've got an, you've got a, a Beasley upgrade, you've got Harold Landry, who should be even better in year three. Correa, uh, you know, I think showed so much promise at the end of last season. That's a good three. And then if you can get Roberson or DeAndre Walker, uh, one of those guys to really elevate. Uh, that gives you four pretty good pass rushers there. And um, and that's not even including Clowney in the mix. Now, with that said, I, I, you know, I think Clowney definitely helps. And you have to account for him. And, you know, teams are going to, you know, have to worry about him on a lot of plays. And that's going to free guys up to do even, do even more. Um, but you know, he has questions. I mean, yes, he's a big name. And yes, he's had some really good moments in the league, but he's, you know, he's had a lot of injuries that you're going to have to look at. It's not like he's just been a, a, a wrecking crew out there in recent years. I mean, it, it's not, his stats from last season don't exactly jump off the page at you. Um, Titans are better with him, but I don't look at him like he's the savior and the because I don't think the Titans need a savior. Uh, at this point. This is a team that's coming off an AFC championship appearance, a team that, that has uh, 
brought back a lot of players that were a part of that team. And um, I think the Titans can win with or without them. Yeah, I'm curious, Jim. Um, you know, we, we've talked a lot about training camp and how different things um, are looking. Uh, from a team coverage standpoint, what do you see as some of the challenges that the media might face this year, not just with the limited training camp, um, but with certainly, you know, the limited access throughout the season itself? It's going to be different. I mean, unfortunately, there's no other way around it. That's not just for, you know, and that includes me, you know, working for the team, uh, you know, Locker rooms again are not going to be open to media. You're not going to be able to, 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 to get to know some of these players as well. Some of the newcomers that you can build relationships with, and through that you can get better stories. Uh, you know, so access is going to be limited. Then you're going to see, um, you know, not as much availability with some of these players as well. There's going to be Zoom calls throughout the season, and you know, you're going to have 30, 40 people on Zoom calls really just distributing a lot of the same information. Uh, I, I, I think there will be availability with some guys on the side. Maybe you could talk to guys on the, on the phone in certain situations, but um, you're just not going to have the access that has produced, you know, so many stories and, and insight that normally you wouldn't get, you know, pro, you know media at, practices and training camp is going to be more limited and I imagine that it's going to include where you're able to shoot videos from uh, you know how many practices are open I know the league has already sent out some guidelines about what's what's allowed and what's not allowed and some of those guidelines are pretty strict in itself uh, so it's 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 going to be a lot different I mean what the travel looks like you know, for, you know, for the season. I think a lot of us are uncertain about who's going to be allowed to go. You know, here we are approaching the season, and I, and I don't know for sure. <laughs> I don't expect to be on the team plane like I've been on in previous years because I don't expect, uh, you know, anybody to be uh, close to players where you're communicating with players because you run the risk of, you know, infecting someone so is there a separate plane that you fly on am I flying commercial am I not going at all I mean I, I think I think there's a and is the NFL going to allow media in the press box or on the field like has been in the you know, has been the case in the past a lot of stuff we just don't know but it's going to be limited there, there's no doubt about it and uh and people just have to make the best of hopefully what's just a tough one-year situation well, j just know, Jim, with your, you know, 20 plus years of service, um, we'll be petitioning for Miss Amy Adams to reserve a plane just for yourself. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm, I'm willing to go. I'm willing to drive uh, to Denver, Colorado if I have to. Uh, <laughs> right. But, but I, I, I obviously want to be a part of what's a historic season and, um, and you know, keeping my fingers crossed that that will happen, um, you know, I, I mean, at this point, I guess you, you first just hope that there's a season and that things can be worked out and there's not, you know, rampant spreading of the virus at the start of camp. And, you know, Nashville, unfortunately, has, you know, has numbers that are not great from a coronavirus standpoint, and that is going to influence whether or not people are going to be able to attend games this year. 
I, I just hope that things get better because that's going to allow fans in the stands. I think it's going to loosen the restrictions on media, and maybe there's a more optimistic outlook this time next month than there than there is right now. Yeah, and that's kind of some some pretty serious discussion. I want to transition now to a little bit of more lighthearted, fun fun conversation here. We uh, there's a lot of joking that goes along on Titans Twitter and just in the community itself about the mailbag and some of the questions that you answer when you answer the Titans mailbag. What goes into the process of choosing a question? Is it about like if you see the same idea a lot of times? Is it like oh this is a huge misconception I want to correct? Or how do you how do you go about choosing what questions you're going to answer? Yeah, I mean I, I've tried to uh, let people speak their mind in the mailbag. You know, even if it's a controversial topic. And you know, last season when the team started off at two and four. You know, and, and fans weren't happy about it. I mean, I, I think when I, I worked for the team, for the Tennessean for so long, and I realized when, uh, you know, I started working for the Titans, for the organization, that obviously, you know, some things are off limits. But I didn't want it, the mailbag in particular to turn into a, you know, people praising, you know, Brett Kern for a 40 nine yard net on a not on a day when the Titans get beat, you know, 59 to nothing like we saw in New England. So I've always wanted to let fans speak their mind and be critical if they need to be, you know, if they want to take a stand on what's going on with the anthem, with what's going on uh, as far as players kneeling, anything along those lines, I let them speak their mind. Sometimes I'll give a response to it. Other times I just try to steer clear and just let fans speak. But uh, I, I'll get a, a boatload of questions, you know, so many that I used to, what used to be a Saturday mailbag has now turned into a Saturday and a Tuesday mailbag where I can get more questions in or I can keep them more relevant. A lot of times I get repeat questions in there and I'll have to, um, you know, during a certain week, I'll just have to pick one because a lot of them are similar, but um, I try to just hit on all topics and, uh, and I've got, you know, mail, I've got a separate mail file that uh, stuff is just stacked up in there. If I can't get to it some weeks, I try to, to incorporate it in other mail bags. And obviously, you know, news of the week, news of the day influences a lot of times what the mail bag looks like. Um, some of the questions, if people read it, are, are, you know, are out there. And, uh, <laughs> and that's part of the fun. Uh, <laughs> of doing it and uh, I try to have a little bit of fun with it, but uh, uh, it, it, it's always amazing to me where these questions are come, coming from. You know, they're, you know, they're from Nashville, they're from across the state, but they're also from, you know, from all over the United States. They're from all over the world. And it just kind of shows you the power of the NFL and, and the power of, you know, and it intrigues me how people become Titans fans. And yeah. I get it. I mean, I grew up in Nashville, Tennessee. Uh, I'm a diehard Los Angeles Dodgers fan. Uh, I, I read and, and try to pay attention to anything that they do. So I understand what it's like to be a fan of a team, even if you don't live. And there's a Dodger hat, Justin, I see you point <laughs> on right now. So I like the looks of that on opening day. Uh, but I, I understand, you know, how where fans come from, and uh, I try to uh, try to give them a voice, a little community in the mailbag, to, where they can kind of uh, feel a part of the team. 
Yeah, and some of those answers are kind of, or questions, I mean, are kind of crazy, but that's what we are. We're fanatics. That's the point of being a fan. Yeah, and I, for one, am glad that there's no bias, really, that goes into the uh, question-selecting process because it, it allows sometimes for, for, for a sassy reply from you, and I'm very <laughs> much here for that kind of content. Yeah, we are. <laughs> yeah, well, sometimes I try to have a little fun with that <laughs> insulting. I mean, and there's some, believe me, I get some that, that don't see the light of the light of day. They don't make it in the mailbox because, you know, the language is not – uh, is not great. You know, I, I get sometimes people take some shots at me in there. I, I'm not going to allow people to necessarily have, allow that to have a personal attack on me if they don't like something I've said or done or uh, handle stuff. I mean, um, so, but I do try to, you know, you know, I do try to let people speak their mind. And, uh, and you know, I think if, if I tried to make it just a, a, a mailbag where it's all roses and 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 unicorns and rainbows, whatever that is, whatever the saying is. Sunshine. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> people just not going to be that interested in it. So, um, I, good or bad, uh, I'm not going to uh, censor these things uh, too terribly much. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, look, Jim, we've really appreciated your time today. Uh, Clayton Kershaw on the mound tonight. You must be excited. I am excited about it. I mean, I've, I've watched, uh, you know, some of these exhibition games. I've watched even the inter-squad scrimmages that have been on TV here over the last couple of days. Finally, glad to see baseball season is upon us. Uh, you know, the Dodgers are, are using the cardboard cutouts at the stadium. I think they've already sold 4,500, maybe 5,000. So it's going to be different watching these games without fans in the stands. But just watching some of these telecasts leading up to the start, they're pumping in the crowd noise. They've got the organist playing. Uh, you know, they've got the, you know, the music playing, uh, walk-up songs playing, and they've got the cardboard cutout. So it, it feels close to the same. The important thing is the players are on the field and uh, – and the games are going to count. So I'm excited about that. And hopefully we'll get to the point where NFL season is uh, giving fans the same excitement. Absolutely. It signals a, a somewhat of a return to normalcy. Still a work in progress. But uh, it's nice to see, uh, you know, live sports back on the television. Yeah. You got it. So uh, hopefully, uh, again, with the, N with the NBA – with the NHL, with Major League Baseball, with MLS, as, as all these other uh, sports are starting to uh, play. Hopefully the NFL can learn some lessons, get things uh, in order, and uh, and be ready to start the season at the start of September. And, and hopefully we'll have some fans in the stands because I think that's what makes it even more exciting. All right. Yeah, again, Jim, really appreciate your time today. Uh, this has been terrific. Great insight for our listeners. Uh, into what uh, the NFL season may or may not look like uh, in the coming weeks as, as we get uh, back into the swing of things. So we've really appreciated your time today. Yeah. Thanks for having me on. Good, good luck to you guys. Thank, Thank you. you. Our thanks to Jim Wyatt for joining us. I hope you guys enjoyed that interview. Remember, you can find Jim on Twitter at jwyattsports. He is doing a whole series of Titans training camp previews for tennesseetitans.com, so be sure to check that stuff out. And remember to check out broadwaysportsmedia.com. This episode comes out Friday, July 24th. We have a flash sale all-access pass for just $5 a month. 
which will continue for the, the lifetime of your subscription, but that offer expires 11.59 p.m. Central Time on July 26th. So grab that before it's gone. If you're listening to this podcast after that date, I'm sorry you missed it. There should be another promotion. Don't tell them that's a secret. So there you go. Go check it out. BroadwaySportsMedia.com. Follow our podcast, The Music City Audible, at MCA Broadway on Twitter. Be sure to subscribe. Leave us a little five-star review so we can help grow this new this new podcast that Justin and I are doing. This is our second one together. Help us grow this to a new audience of followers. You can follow him at Justin M underscore NFL. I am at Titans Film Room. Anything else to say before we get out of here? No, I think that just about covered it. You got, you got this down pack, man. Oh, man, I'm not even reading the script. This is all off the <laughs> dome, baby. <laughs> all right, stay tuned next week. Christian Fulton coming. See you guys then. A Broadway Sports Media Production.